Hi, and welcome back to the Alexa podcast. This is episode nine for March 2018. My name is Bradley Metrock. I'm CEO of a company called Score Publishing here in Nashville, Tennessee. My co-host is Kevin Old. Kevin, say hello. Hey, Bradley. Kevin is a software developer at Lifeway here in town. Kevin, it's great to be back with you. Yes, yeah, great to be back for our first episode of the year. This is our second episode of the year. It feels like Ooh, our first. You got to edit that out. <laughs> <laughs> I just that. keep it in. Keep it in. It's yeah, we'll keep that in. Yeah. <laughs> That's exactly what I would have said if I had not looked at that literally two seconds ago. It, yeah, no, that's uh, that's all that needs to be said uh, to say that we, it's been too long. Uh, Kevin, this will be fun. Our guest on the show today is Dave Isbitsky, Chief Evangelist of Alexa and Echo. Dave, say hello. Hello, Dave. <laughs> I am super corny, sorry. I, uh, pleasure to be here, Bradley. It's been uh, long overdue. We, we appreciate you giving, uh, giving us this time, giving our audience this time. And just right off the bat, I want to ask you, so you're, you're a well-known guy. Uh, you're out there on Twitter and you're out in social media. You're out at live events. You really um, are doing a phenomenal job evangelizing Alexa. Share with us what exactly the scope of your job is. I mean, we all think we know what the scope of your job is. Tell us what the scope of your job is and some of the ways that Amazon measures your success. Oh, sure. And, and first, thank you for those comments. I'm, I'm humbled. I, uh, yeah, no, I'm one of many uh, uh, people in Alexa. I just happen to be lucky enough um, that I was, um, I've been around a while, right? And so, gosh, I mean, that's a great career question. I would say, I'll break it out in like two ways. The, the first way is that I have been fortunate enough to work at a company like Amazon, where Amazon, if you see a need for something, you can basically create the role. I mean, entire organizations and entire teams have been created around just ideas that Amazonians have had. And um, I mean, you could you just hear about all the different stories out there, right? And so for me, um, I was given an opportunity. This goes back um, uh, end of 2014. And I was in the devices group. So if you have, uh, you know, you may have a Kindle Fire, uh, you may have a Fire TV. I got to launch all of that stuff while I was at Amazon, uh, along with Fire Phone too. You know, we, we, we were hearing about the speaker and we didn't know what it was either. You know, it was, it was um, interesting to kind of like get your head around that space. And you got to remember 2014, which seems like forever ago, right? Um, I was even like, what is... IOT, what is smart home, right? That's what people were asking. Like, what are the, all these connected devices and what does it mean? And um, it's funny, like I remember going to one of my first conferences, which was a Bluetooth conference and people were talking about things like, we need a unifying technology that'll make it easier for consumers to kind of adopt all this stuff. And I was like, I got it, you know, it's, it's talking. And so it was really trying to figure out what all that was back then. So my job started out by looking, and it was one engineer, the, the, uh, and not all the people that worked on it, the engineer that worked on what was called Echo App SDK. And you may have seen me tweet some of those old screenshots uh, of when we yeah. had signups. And I remember sitting with the engineer and saying, how do you explain to somebody what an utterance and an intent is, and then have them write a service? And you have to remember, 
back then, um, I mean, there was no AWS integration. There was nothing in the free tier. Like we were having discussions around like, if this is, you know, if it becomes successful, this is a restful service in the cloud. Like, what does that mean to host something like that? So I scrapped together these slides, showed it to the engineering team. We all agree this is pretty good. I actually internally trained all the, all the, the people who were starting. Like we had some BDMs that were going around and talking about things. And, you know, they were kind of all my guinea pigs. And I was like, all right, I need to get this out here. Um, and that was GDC 2015. You may have seen me just tweet about that. Um, was I, we need to just go talk about this. And uh, if anybody's gamers, did you see my Bard's Tale tweet? I mean, it was, it's crazy. Like there are a lot of people from, who wrote games back in the days that are now in the voice space. And oh, of course I saw that. And, uh, and just to interject right there, we have been fortunate to have Terry Bertram on this show. Kevin oh, awesome. Who works for Sony. And she uh, is currently involved in creating uh, PlayStation VR uh, content. Yeah. Uh, but uh, she had taken Colossal Cave Adventure and ported it over oh. to Alexa and uh, had a fascinating conversation with her. Anyway, uh, sorry, yeah. I digress. Keep going. Yeah, yeah, no. And you and I have, have talked about like, uh, you know, some of our gaming roots. And, um, and so that was what was great about me. Um, well, what was fun for me, right? So it's not like it's great about me. What, when things are great for me is when I can take a, a concept like that and kind of paint a picture for people who are going to do the real um, work, right? They're going to drive things forward. And for me, it was painting a picture back then for game devs. Um, I just did a keynote at Enterprise Connect, and I realized it's so similar. It's pain. Now, now I'm painting pictures for people of what does Alexa and voice mean in business. And it was that same thing. When you get up and you talk about it, it's polarizing. And, and, and you guys may, may see this, right? When you're, when you're talking on the podcast is you get people who get it. And then you get other people like, what do you mean? This is change, right? And I think people, they look at change like that. And so I've always looked at my job, even before Amazon, as things are going to happen with or without me. But what I am is I'm a catalyst for change. I'm the person that can come out there and be like, no, 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 it's not difficult. This is what this really is. This is what all the pieces look like. And this is what you need to be thinking about now. And this is what you need to be thinking about a year from now. Start spending your time here. And then really being that person who goes back to the people who are creating. And in this case, you know, the Amazon engineering team, uh, the people who are actually creating Alexa, you know, doing the real computer science of like, hey, wouldn't it be great to do this? And, um, you know, what do we need in order to make developers successful and companies successful? And so the job, you know, it's kind of a, a, a big overview, right? Um, but the job in and of itself has evolved because in the beginning, we didn't have content. So my job was creating even the most basic slides to explain concepts. And then there was no community. And I am just a huge fan of community. I feel like my job is to put myself out of business. If, if a community exists that can help each other and it's self-sustaining, then you don't need uh, me to be involved, right? You just need me to be an advocate internally so that we're actually creating what the community needs. And uh, I started something called Office Hours and it was a place for everybody to jump on and talk and they could also talk to each other. And it was out of that that um, I started to really see the community grow. I'll give you an example. Like in the early days, 
I would hear people in office hours like, you know, you should check out so-and-sos or you should check out, you know, Flask Ask and, and all the bespoken tools, right? Like you started to hear names. And that was great because that wasn't anything that was like trickling in through any official means. It was a community that was bubbling up work that they felt was really well done and that they were actually using. And so the job for, uh, for that, I would say that first year was really making sure that that community was listened to that we were delivering what needed to be delivered. You may, have, you may have heard me say this before, like when I get asked about the actual like title of evangelist, because there's, you know, there's different roles and I've, I've worked at different companies when I do that. And, I, and the way I like to look at it, it's pain transference, right? It's like if the community was feeling pain, I needed to make sure that we were feeling that same pain until it went away. And, and that's um, a really good segue into, into my next question for you. So, sure. you know, and I appreciate that background that's really really interesting the story last year so we you know one of our voice first fm shows is this week in voice and so as a result of that we've got this front row seat in terms of you know how everything is progressing the evolution of all this we really see it from i mean not a completely comprehensive way i guess but a pretty a, a fairly comprehensive way the story last year seemed to be, you know, one of the major stories was monetization in terms strictly of Alexa, right? Monetization, people wanted different monetization options. And as the year went along, you know, Amazon rolled out more and more and gave more wrinkles to the developer payment program and more avenues of payment there. And then in skill payment and this, that, and the other really listened and responded. Now, it's my opinion that the next sort of theme that we're seeing is data security. And I want to get your thoughts on this, you know, and privacy. Facebook, everybody's talking Facebook right now. I've thought Facebook was garbage for a long time. Uh, I deleted my account a couple of years ago. Then I reinstituted it because I needed to run a couple of corporate accounts that we have. And plus, my mom really likes to post pictures. <laughs> and so I, I'm guilted into being on there. So Facebook, the, the conversation with Facebook used to be uh, years ago, wouldn't it be great if Facebook could capture all this data so that Facebook could make my experience better? I'm tired of seeing, you know, Uncle Johnny post, you know, the Confederate flag every week. I really wish I didn't have to see that. I wish this thing knew I didn't want to see that or I'm tired of hearing about Aunt Susie's, you know, tiff with her best friend. I, I wish it knew me better. And I wish, you know, and so the news feed would be better. I wish it captured my data. That was a huge narrative, you know, three or four years ago, maybe sooner. And now here we are where people are <coughs> screaming, saying Facebook is uh, abusing data. And, and they're right. They're absolutely abusing data and, and sort of the pendulum swing swung the other way. With Amazon, with Alexa, it's just interesting, the privacy conversation, because as you pointed out just a moment ago, you know, developers talking about just as recently as a couple of years ago is, wouldn't it be nice if there was a unifying tool, one, one ring to rule them all, so to speak, in terms of, uh, you know, a voice ecosystem. And Alexa's come forward, you know, Amazon's had incredible market leadership, and here we are, Alexa leads the market. And now... 
you're getting people coming forth and they're saying, oh, wait a minute. No, never mind. Um, you know, we can't trust Amazon, this ju- big baseless corporate juggernaut with our data and information. We take it all back. We need uh, smaller players who will respect our privacy. From your job standpoint and your, your role within Amazon to evangelize the technology, how do you wrestle with that debate when you're in live events or you're talking to people out in the field and you're on the front lines? What, what do you say to people who are concerned about whether or not Amazon will protect their data or not? Yes. You know, so obviously I can't talk about what other companies are doing or, or, or Facebook or anything, but what I, what I could say is that privacy, that conversation has never gone away from me. That's just part of actually having a conversation with an intelligent AI, right? That's been there since the, the very beginning. So anybody who thinks that this is like a growing concern in the voice space, I can tell you it hasn't been for me. I think uh, and I've always felt the same way, right? Like you should, you should know if you're having a conversation, there's a device that's recording around you. Where's that go? Who, what's it? Uh, am I in control of it? And what's going on, right? And so we've always tried to be very, very uh, open and transparent um, about that. So to answer your question, like it's a, it's a great story to tell. What I start with is what we talked about uh, internally is like, you need to put people in control. Like a lot of people don't know this, but like the mute button on the Echoes, I'll use that as an example. Your phone, whether you have a, you know, it could be an Android phone, iPhone, whatever. Your phone, when you put that thing in airplane mode, somebody can still hack it because it's software. The Echo devices since the very beginning have had this mute button on that when you touch it, it actually cuts the power at a silicon level. Literally that microphone chip, there's nothing. There's nothing there. That person is complete control. Um, and you, uh, I, you know, if you've been using an Echo for a while, uh, you may have seen this. It's been there since the very beginning. It wasn't something that uh, was an afterthought. Um, is the ability to put on a chime so you can have it, uh, a chime every time Alexa begins to record and a chime every time she ends recording. The visual indicators on the devices, right? All of the devices, even the devices with screens with Echoes, you'll see visual indicators when the uh, recording's actually happening. And all of that was because of the thought process of you need to put the customer in control. What's interesting about privacy in conversational UI is that there is an expectation as you start to have more and more conversations that it's not the same conversation over again, right? AIs need to learn about you. The conversation needs to evolve. In fact, is one of the best practices I talk with people all the time about your skill is like, you know, if I've already given you information, like you should be able to um, just like us talking today, right? If we talk in the future, we'll remember this conversation. So in order to do that, you need to be able to have that and, uh, you know, be able to understand better and better by having that data. And so what we did was we said, you know what, if a customer decides that it's more important that they have control and they can delete certain things, then since the very beginning, one, you could just call up Amazon and say, delete everything that I've ever had in my history <laughs> with Echo, right? And then it's going to be like talking to a new um, Alexa because she doesn't know uh, she hasn't had any conversations with you, right? And then the second thing is you could go in right in the app or you could just go to alexa.amazon.com in a browser and see every single thing that was ever recorded. You could delete all of it or you can delete some of it. 
And, you know, when I talk to people like that about that and they realize it's transparent and you're in control, you know, it becomes, it, it's a good conversation. Um, and I think that's where if you, you know, if you handle privacy in a term where there's any kind of like gray areas or you don't put people in control, this is, this is me personally, I, I would have an issue with that. Following up on that, what resources around educating consumers have you guys created that they could, we could point them to? There's all information about privacy in the Alexa app. You can click on links. You can click on it um, in information on Amazon. Like if uh, from a developer perspective, if you're interested in getting more technical, we have our whole Alexa skills kit security testing. We have like a whole URL. Um, Like every skill that gets put that Alexa can run, we've looked at and we've um, you know, looked at the security, every developer has to have a privacy policy. And so, you know, it's, it's something that's been, been taken very seriously. So all of that's online. I'll give you guys a couple links. Uh, it, it might be good if, if folks want to check it out and drill in some deep uh, and deeper into it. Awesome. Yeah. I think that would be great just to have as part of the, the resource of this podcast, just the transcript. So kind of moving out from the, um, the talk about privacy uh, from a developer um, perspective. What are you guys, what, what have you done um, that you think has been extremely successful in onboarding more developers that are uh, potentially at, at companies, they, you know, helping them realize the use case for this voice technology? And then what, what do you think about uh, designing skills for voice beyond just the information recall. I think a lot of enterprises can see if they were a bank that a user may want to have their balance read to them for their checking account. That Those are the, the low-hanging fruit, but just wondering what your thoughts are on, on the current, uh, you know, educating developers and companies uh, about adoption and then how to design for the next generation of, of just outside of information recall. Great questions. So I'll break it into two parts. The first part um, is my, you know, we talked a little bit about my job evolving, right? And so as our team expanded, we were fortunate enough that we hired lots of people. So we have folks now who are creating content. We have folks that are just out there doing events and they're doing hackathons. And um, my role has evolved in that it's enabled me to do exactly what you're talking about is painting a picture for companies and for brands. And um, I'll give you an example because you used a, a bank one. But what, what I like to do is in order for people to get past what's obvious, because basically what's obvious is what you do on mobile, right? And conversation changes all of that. I'll, I'll give you an example. I told someone, and I won't say the name or anything. They were in the travel industry. They allowed people to, you know, book locations for stays. And they were thinking about doing something where it was, you know, it was almost like a like booking skill where you could say, hey, what's the cheapest available room and such and such a date. And I was like, you need to get past that. Like, what are you going to do? Let's say you're going to take a trip and you're not going to use technology today. How are you going to have a conversation with someone? And they're like, oh, I, I, I said, I'm, I'll give you an example. I'm going to go travel to um, Switzerland, right? Maybe I know some people who went to, to Zurich or, or I'm going to ask them where they stayed, what they did, what I need to know, right? It, you have an opportunity now within this space when you have a conversation to really connect with your customer in ways that you haven't before. I feel like mobile is just very, very service, right? And what it does is it takes your brand and it makes you the same as everybody else. So then it's like, oh, well, uh, you know, why wouldn't I just use whatever app I've used before? 
And what I told them was, hey, you need to have like a concierge service. Do you have, you know, or do you have kind of status for people who travel to you? Do you have gold or whatever? So maybe it could be that in that, you know what, once you have status with us, you can just have a conversation with Alexa and get all sorts of advice and tips that you're not going to readily find online. You're going to find because we know about it and we're local and we're kind of that concierge that you would normally get when you walked into the hotel lobby. You're actually getting in your home before you sit on a plane, right? And that's where I think people really need to start thinking about is that people can get to know me outside of these on ramps that we've given them where we've said, no, you need to use buttons and drop downs and tabs and you swipe from the top. And this is what we say a touch interface is like, it's like, forget that. You can control the type of conversation that you're having and you can become, um, you know, almost like a trusted advisor uh, position. And I think that's where you see success in the things that are rated too. It's, it's, it's value like that. It's spontaneous, the ability to just start having a conversation. How, how do we go about educating the, the consumer? on that um, on that interface. If I were to create a new skill and skills that I've interacted with, I'm less, uh, I guess, comfortable as a consumer when I put that hat on um, than I am if I have a screen in front of me. So what is the, what is the um, iteration that, that we need to have as far as educating a user uh, about what's available in a voice skill? Everybody has the capability to create a quote unquote program. And so when people tell me like developers do this, developers do that, I think like developers almost has a bad name in that that's somebody who slings code all day. And to me, that's never been the case. You find people who create and tinker and do all sorts of things across all sorts of industries. And to me, they're developers too. And what's great about conversational UI is that it's not all about slinging that code anymore. In fact, I'm of the mindset that we're going to get to a point eventually, and this isn't anything Alexa specific. This is just Dave, the way I think this is all going to go, is as we have more and more common scenarios, much in the same way that everybody knows how to do a logical select statement, right? And you could probably find a ton of code. And in fact, there are IDEs out there, regardless of your language, that'll just insert what that code looks like. I think we'll get to a point when it comes to machine learning that they can do that piece that it's really about the human being is having the idea the 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 how um, we're going to spend less time in there and so i've that's what's got me excited is i really feel like everybody can be developers and so what we've done um, there are all sorts of things to help that on roads. There's different areas of concern, right? If you're an experienced developer, what's the best thing we can do for you? The best thing we could do for you is let you use the language and the tools you already have and then give you as many templates and examples in those languages, right? And so we've tried to do that. Um, there are GitHub examples in all sorts of numerous languages. Uh, you may have seen, uh, I've done podcasts in C Sharp and Python and JavaScript and Java. Like, we just try and support as, as much as we can there to meet those folks where they are. The, the second is maybe I've never done programming before. And I've seen all this a lot in, uh, in the Lexus space, which has got me excited too, is that there are people that start thinking of scenarios at work. I've had people who haven't written code ever and they're like i need which language should i pick like that is such a common um question i get now which i hadn't gotten in any other language before especially with mobile if you're an enterprise developer because i lived through this i feel like you have to be your own evangelist and your own advocate because i know when i was in a very large corporation where they were not technology centered that was not the business you know i was a cost center because i was writing programs i had to advocate to use these new languages and these 
technologies because there was a cost to it. So I had to show what was the ROI and why, why was it going to make things different? I try and help those folks around what does it mean to actually, what's the impact of voice and conversation so that they can advocate there and then make it as cost efficient as possible, right? It's very, it's a nice conversation to have now in March, 2018 to say, hey, you know, I can go create an Alexa skill for nothing. It doesn't cost us anything. We don't have to pay a fee to sign up. And in fact, we get a million transactions in Lambda if we want to go do it with AWS, right? That makes, that paves people, um, especially in a business setting, it, it paves the way. Um, to answer your, your question around like, how do we as customers get them to thinking? I think there's, there's, um, there's two things with that. I think one is we should never force the customer to be educated. They're always going to be spontaneous. That's what's the real power of voices. Like if you go and you look up Amazon Echo reviews, um, it's because they're like, she just understood me. I don't even remember what I said. That's what creates that, um, that personal connection. Um, it's, it's interesting. Like uh, recently I was having a conversation with someone who does uh, a skill that like gives inspiration and the feedback that that person has received and the feedback I received from, from others around those similar skills, I've never seen that in mobile. And I was spending the, the weekend, I'm thinking to myself, why is it that when you have a conversation and you hear a human voice give you inspiration, that that leaves such an emotional attachment versus seeing it as a notification in your mobile app? And I think it's because in a conversation, you, you really, you get each other. There's this, there's this emotional connection. And so that's what I focus in on when I need to teach the people that are going to create these conversations of that. Look, you're not talking to a robot. It's a spontaneous human being with expectations who could be having a good day or a bad day. There are tons of different personality types out there. So the biggest mistake you can make is create one UI, much in the same way we've done mobile. You need to have your Alexa skill in such a way that it's accessible for everyone and meets them where they are. They ask one question, you give them a piece of data. They're going to tell you what they want to see next. So even from the very beginning, you, you, you can um, manage expectations by only delivering what you are promising, right? If you promise this is going to be, and again, I'm not going to name anything. This is just a fictitious thing in my head. I have a tendency sometimes when I get excited to be like, this is the best thing ever, right? So if I said, this is the best game, audio game you'll ever play, do you know what kind of expectations I've just set for human beings that are going to play that? But if I said, if I knew people like to uh, be inspired or they like exercise tips or they just like funny jokes every day, if I have one and I continue to give content and I do it in such a way that I'm learning the type of content that's working and isn't, you could be very successful. And so it's to remember that this is, this is not the same old thing. Uh, even screens, like you mentioned screens. When I teach people about going to a multimodal experience with Alexa and showing different data, it's throw out touch. What you know about screen, unfortunately, right now is either because you have a controller or you have a, uh, something in front of you that you're touching. And that's not what this is. What this is, is you're having a conversation and visual aids pop up on the other side of the room. I can't think of anything that we have that's like that, right? It's, it's, it's something new. You know, I, I start to think, and this is just my crazy brain, but I start to think of like, I'm coming in in the future and I walk in and like picture frames and stuff in my house based on my mood just start to change to other things. And it gives me this feeling of like, oh, wow, like it just feels really warm 
and makes me feel great in this space right now. But that's because visual, all the visual aids kind of changed. But it was me as the human being having the conversation and the interaction that the AI picked up on that. It picked up on, oh, wow, Dave's having a really hard day today. I'm going to play mellow music and I'm going to show different kinds of paintings on the wall. So, you know, that kind of thing in the future. And I think we're starting to see the, the beginnings of that. So if you think along those terms when you're starting to create these experiences, that's where you find success. It's an exciting future that we've got with voice technology. And we have a lot of people to thank at Amazon for that. Dave, thank you for sharing your time and your expertise with us. Uh, I wanted to say a couple of things. First of all, if you're on Twitter, you need to follow Dave Izbitsky. His handle is at the Dave Dev, um, spelled exactly like it sounds it ought to be. Uh, Dave does a phenomenal job, probably the best job I've ever seen, of highlighting use cases of the technology that are out there in the field and really staying extremely current on all the different things going on across the spectrum of areas that Alexa touches. If you are interested in Alexa development and you are not, and you are on Twitter and you are not following him on Twitter, you are doing it completely wrong. <laughs> you need to go change that because you're going to miss out a lot of information by not following him. The other thing is that uh, we will be fortunate to have Dave join us at Digital Book World, which will be in October in Nashville. That's digitalbookworld.com, talking about Alexa and storytelling, and then Amazon more broadly we will have involved with the Alexa conference presented by Voice First FM in January in Chattanooga. We will post links to both of those. Dave, thank you for the time today. Oh, I, I enjoyed it. Thank you. Thank you for the kind words. Always a pleasure. Before we let you go, you and I spoke, as you alluded to earlier, about uh, gaming. What are you playing right now? <laughs> so it's kind of, in, I guess it shouldn't be embarrassing because they're releasing a new one. So I am playing Pillars of Eternity which I know oh, came wow. out like three years ago. And I was so excited because it was like, you know, the, the whole engine of Boulder's Gate and Icewind Dale and all that stuff that I was playing in the Commodore days was, was coming in. It was like the successful, you know, Kickstarter project. Obsidian Entertainment is the, is, are the people created if, for folks who don't know. Um, and it was funny because I couldn't, the, the amount of text that was reading, I was having a hard time because the text was small, um, my mind drifting. And so I was like, you know what? I really want to get into this. And I saw an announcement for Pillars of Eternity 2. So I picked up a copy for my Xbox and playing that on the TV with the, with the fonts being big, I, it just, it clicked for me. Like I just, over the weekend, I just played that thing for eight hours. Like I've been super into it. So it is Pillars of Eternity for me right now. It's my main... Uh, where I'm adventuring through. And then the other thing for me is I play Hearthstone every day. Uh, I've been playing it since it came out. For those who don't know, Hearthstone is from a, a fabulous company called Blizzard Entertainment. They make Overwatch and World of Warcraft. And when I was in the, uh, the Kindle days, I got to work with some of those folks too for um, you know coins and stuff like that for buying packs. And I play every day when I'm on the treadmill for an hour and I pay on the rank. So if you've ever had a priest come through has a dragon deck right now i apologize I, <laughs> well, I you're a guy after my own heart yeah <laughs> with, with the love of gaming we've discussed this uh and uh, i just started playing nino cooney too over the weekend which is excellent you know pillars of eternity is excellent too if you've never played uh divinity original sin 
Oh yeah, PC. yeah. The new one's incredible, Divinity Two. Yeah, I, I have it on. Yeah, I've got a copy of it on PC. I just have not had a chance to get to it. I may wait till it comes out on console. But uh, this will have to be a separate discussion. Uh, the love of gaming runs deep on this show, Dave. Thank you for being so generous. Thank you for the work that you're doing. Um, it really makes what we do at Voice First FM that much easier. For the Alexa podcast, thank you for listening. And until next time.